Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast. Podcast where we talk about X Men. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by. We're talking about X Men. <laughs> Just X Men. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Just I'm Josh. We're here to talk about X Men. Don't ask us any other questions. But if you need to ask us questions, make them only about X Men. How's it going, man? For the love of God. Now, first, Star Wars episode. No. Um... <laughs> yes, right. But on top of that, how often do we uh, just start by spending a half hour talking about non X Men stuff? <laughs> Plenty of times. But I think today, today uh, we're not covering any sinister activity. Just uh, maybe main continuity X Men. I'm not sure. But um, today we're covering War College Bishop or Bishop War College. I believe it's Bishop War College. And you're covering Rogue and Gambit, numero uno. And then the first two episodes of season two of X-Men, the animated series. Till death do us part. A lot happens. (laughs) Not only does a lot happen, but I need to make sure we we just right off the top. Season two opens with Mr. Sinister and the Nasty Boys. Yeah. Like I have questions about some of those things. Good God. But we'll get to that later. We'll get to it. Because first, we had a live reporter on site for That's the right. X-Men 60th anniversary web conference. Yeah. Your boy was an embedded reporter uh, here representing Krakoa Radio. Uh, had my press my press page and I logged into the Zoom conference. <laughs> yeah, it was like some weird like live stream, like something you would see at a convention. You know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of panel type stuff. So yeah, it was it was interesting. The host was hot garbage. He's some Marvel person. They call Agent M is his like Twitter handle or some shit like that. I don't know. I don't know. No offense if you are a fan of him, but also he kept calling Gam- he kept calling Gambit a creep. So, you know, obviously he drew my ire. Um, but <laughs> first wrong move. <laughs> his first wrong move uh, was himself being kind of a weird creep. But, you know, whatever. You know, I, <laughs> let's not get hung up on the negatives. You know how I, I don't like to do that. But so, yeah, it was like so what they did is they they had like a panel from the last, you know, like the, the big eras of the X-Men. So like the the 70s they kind of glossed over like the early 60s part of the x-men they kind of no remembers most of that (laughs) because none of them know who was alive (laughs) um and so yeah so they they basically started with a panel the first panel was uh all about the 70s and 80s and it was claire they fucking had chris claremont louis louis simonson and and walt simonson and so they had some x-factor representation there that's pretty cool yeah 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 it was pretty cool and like the Simonsons obviously got the the hint that this was a Marvel production and they wanted like good upbeat shit. Uh, Chris Claremont did not. He did not. <laughs> he did not it, it, if he did not receive the memo, he did not read the memo or care. He didn't about care. The memo. Yeah, but he was very. For him, he was on his best behavior. I will say that there were no Morrissey level moments. Um, but he did uh he did have to they asked the the host asked something about like oh you guys were the first to do like big crossovers like inferno and fall of the mutants and all these things and like how do you feel about like like what what was that like whatever and mother motherfucking claremont was like it was i think it was the best thing we've ever done and the worst thing we've ever done 
and the host <laughs> fell right into it. And he's like, "What the worst? What do you mean by worst?" And he's like, "Well, because it was successful." And now that's all they ever want. And there's no focus on like <laughs> storytelling and like issue to issue storytelling. It's all building to one big event. Everything has to be toward one big thing. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. But like <laughs> when he was done, the host looks so like, uh, he didn't have uh, a counter to make it good. Like, <laughs> no. And God bless, like the, the Simonsons jumping in and like, well, I had a blast working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like Claremont. And, you know, yes, he was the first to do major crossovers, but, like, events, I'd really not blame. I'd give credit to, like, Perez and um, Jim yeah. Sterling yeah. and uh, Marv Wolfman. Like, Crisis on Infinite Earth and that was an Infinity event. Gauntlet. That, those those are the events. real fathers of those the, were the major and, events. And Secret Wars. The, yeah. Those were your events. Yeah. You, your... You know, you you had your Batman like death in the families. You had your um, your your Dark Phoenixes, your fucking um, Craven's Last Hunts. You had these like big storylines and things that like crossed over in other titles, but they were generally titles in the same universe. You know what I mean? Like they were yeah. Spider. It was a Spider Man crossover. It was a a X-Men crossover. It was a thing happening in the bat books. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't, there weren't as there are now, there weren't as many, like the whole Marvel universe and the whole DC universe is involved in this. Yeah, that, everyone's like, fighting this big threat. Everyone's fighting this big thing. And like, I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't like those. I don't mind a fucking like an X-Men crossover event. I don't, I don't mind that. Like, yeah, because you can still tell a story because they're still living within that same sandbox of the mutants. Well, we talked a little bit about this last week when I was venting about my yeah. event fatigue. Yeah. But like, I do think there's value in the crossing over, rewarding fans who read all your books, people like us or whoever that read every X Men book. And we yeah, don't hear the event. Here's the reward for caring about it. Or we were just talking earlier about Mandalorian TV show and the Ahsoka show and Skeleton Crew, and Book of Boba Fett, most likely is going to lead to one major event. Like, stuff like that I really like. But, like, the idea of, here's an event right here. Oh, where is it coming from? Oh, it's an original idea happening with issue one of this event. And it's like, so no lead-in. You just had the idea. And this year, X movie's coming out, so you want to make sure you have a big event that coincides with this movie. Like, uh, well, that sucks. (laughs) Like... That feels uninspired. And that feels like what I hear is happening in the Avengers books. Like, isn't there like some big Avengers, like multiverse war happening right now? Avengers has always been really reactionary to what's happening in the movies. Like they did civil war two when the civil war movie was coming out. Yeah. And that book was one of my least favorite events. Like it was God awful and had really weird, oddly lasting consequences. Like, killing war machine in in a free comic book day issue anyway we're not doing this but um speaking of we have i mean it's not breaking news it's out there now but we've got free comic book day news coming up soon too okay so oh yes yes that's right so i feel like the crossovers aren't that big of an issue for comic book readers like they're they're usually pretty rewarding if anything they can be yeah Yeah. especially like you said with batman and Mm -hmm. like for me, what from what I read right now, they had the Daredevil crossover, uh, Hell's Kitchen, 
Devil's Rain. It was called Devil's Devil's Rain. Yeah, yeah. And like, if you read Daredevil, that's really all you need to read to understand Devil's Rain. But if you also read a handful of other street level books, you'll get a little more out of it. Like that's the right way to do it, but not just like whatever the event of the winter. Oh, uh, DC had one called Endless Winter. It just came out of nowhere, and it's this this ice god who wants to take over the world. Like this could have been an Avengers storyline, but you're making it an event. Yeah. Not Avengers. I mean Justice League storyline. It could have easily yeah. been that, but instead they had to make it a big event that crossed over with eight books and like five times that no one cares about. You know. Yeah, Back it's a shame. Head. It's a shame. Yeah. So no real breaking news there. Just like nothing, nothing major. That was like the uh, honestly the big highlight. There was, I will say, the closest Claremont got to his newfound love of uh, not being as as. Uh, as liberal as you would like him to be, given the stories he once told, uh, was him talking about how he could he could really write the mutants well because he could relate because he was an immigrant because he because he comes from England, and so you know he was treated differently and he could understand. It's like okay, dude, all right, <laughs> all right, man, please. all right, Grandpa, take your medication, <laughs> please. Please, you're you're oh, you're almost going too far. You're like you're on the line. Just just <laughs> tiptoe away from it. Just back away from it. And he and he did. He managed to get away from it. Someone was probably pulling him. Like, all right. And anyway, <laughs> what do you think? Wall time. There was probably like a big chat. They they, they probably like muted his mic. Honestly, they were like mute him, mute him. All I remember is getting a text from you saying, "Oh crap, now Liefeld's here. Rob Liefeld's here." So that's where we go next. So. <laughs> So like in between they have like this like they have these little like trivia things in between or whatever. They were also giving away a bunch of shit, but like I didn't win nothing. Um it was like just random, like they would just look at the participation list and pick a fucking name. <laughs> it's like, all right, well that's not fun. Um and so yeah, so the next one was like the nineties, and they had Rob they had Rob Liefeld, and then poor then then they have Mark Silvestri too. It was like, but he did a lot of work in like the eighties too, but anyway, um, one of the best X-Men artists of all time. And, and then Rob Liefeld. And yeah. so, yeah, Rob was just going on and on about what a big nerd he was. He just loved the X-Men. He just loved them so much. They're his favorites. They were his favorites when he was drawing them. They were his favorites before he drew them. He just loved the X-Men, blah, blah, blah. He was honestly fine. Just nerdy. He wasn't the worst. Yeah. But, <laughs> Here's what we learned from Rob Liefeld. This is this fucking okay. stuck out to me. So you remember he started on New Mutants, right? Then mm-hmm. then then it morphed into X Force when he was when he was basically given over the entire book to write and draw. The reason it became known as X Force is because he wanted to be working on a book with X in its title. He didn't want to work on New Mutants. If he was going to work on an X-Men book, he wanted X to be in the title. So Because he started out with New Mutants. Yeah, exactly. But like... God. And so instead of like just revamping New Mutants and making it something that he's just like, let's call it X-Force because it sounds cool. It's got X in the title. I God, mean, he's the worst. He's the fucking fairness, worst. In fairness, it would have been a very different run for New it Mutants. It would have been. It did yeah. need... For what they did, they did need to revamp, and it was an X Force. So, like, he's not yeah. wrong. He, he's not wrong. It's just, God, what? It's a like dream. something stupid happening for stupid reasoning 
but you're like, I guess it worked out. <laughs> like, it, it worked in out, spite but, of itself. And 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 I'm gonna jump ahead now because there's another story like this. But let me tell you, you're gonna see how vastly different they feel. So here's another story similar of uh, I did this thing because I kind of needed to. So next up we have the animated world. So I'm gonna I'll come back to that. After that we had the. 2000s to now era and the guests there and it was pre-recorded those sons of bitches but <laughs> the guests they had on that chat <clears throat> was grant morrison and fucking john hickman and it was uh, first of all all it made me do was miss the fuck out of jonathan hickman yeah because like he truly like he was going on about how like the x-men were was like the only marvel book that he really ever read as a kid as a teenager or in, in college he's like he's like i wrote i wrote these fan like when i wrote fantastic four i had never read fantastic four i just read it before i started writing it. you know what i mean like it was like new to me like but when i got to do x-men like i this was the first time like yeah i'm pitching a story that i've literally been thinking about for since i was like <laughs> in my 20s you know what i mean it shows like, yeah like and so yeah that's what i kept thinking to him. like yeah your fucking love of these characters showed man like come back <laughs> <laughs> well i wish um, i mean we'll probably won't find out for a long time but like what made him go you know what stepping back because now they announced he's working mm. on stuff for the ultimate universe yeah i will i will say i might have a little bit of an answer to that okay so let me start with my one story here which is so they like they asked Grant Morrison how they came up with uh, the concept of secondary mutations. And I don't know the story before, but I have not. Oh, fuck. Do you hear me? I hear you. Okay. I think my mic just did a weird switch. Um, so how, how Grant Morrison came up with secondary mutations, they told them, so I, I wanted to work with Colossus is what Grant Morrison says. And do, first of all, do you know Grant Morrison goes by they now, right? Like, they, yes, them? Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, so I might slip on that because it's kind of new to me. So I just want to throw that out there now. But um, so yeah, Grant Morrison was like, yeah, I wanted to work with Colossus, but Colossus was unavailable. They were like, I, I don't know if Colossus was dead or in another book, but I, I Colossus was just unavailable. So I was like, well, I got Emma Frost and Emma Frost has always been cold and like wealthy and relate, <laughs> like diamonds. What if, what if Emma could make her skin as hard as diamonds? Then that would give me the Colossus thing. I mean, <laughs> and so we have secondary mutations because he, sorry, because they wanted to do something with that hard skin concept, unbreakable skin. And couldn't use Colossus. They're like, yeah, I think he was dead at that time. Yeah, probably. And so, and so he came like, back during Whedon's run. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so Grandmother's like, fuck it. Let's let's give secondary mutations. That's so and stupid. Then, then, yeah. That's what I mean. Something stupid, but it just works. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, the other kind of tangentially related thing, they also, the host asked uh, fucking Jonathan Hickman, like, how, like, did you know in the beginning of the process, that Moira was going to be end up being a bad, like a villain, or did you, was that something that came about later? And the way he was like, Mo he was like, Moira wasn't originally planned to be a villain. 
He's like, that came way later. And the way he said it was like, he that did not dumb like shit. It. Yeah, like that dumb shit happened way later when I wasn't there. Or like, because he was still kind of there. It was like around the time he was on the way out. Like, I wonder yeah. if it's like, he was like, I don't want to do this. But like, he was over, like, you know what I mean? If somebody's like, no, we, we're going to do this. And he was like, all right. Well, it's kind of one of those things. Because like, I remember when all this started, he said, like, I have full control and final say. So, if, like, if someone, an editor, whoever is like, no, no, we want to do X, Y, and Z now, I could see him being like, well, I told you the rules. If you don't want to follow the rules, fuck off. I'm going to do something else then. Yeah. Which, like, now he's doing the Ultimates return. That can be his own universe that he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And no one's going to give him shit about it because he can just do whatever he wants. It's yeah. the Ultimate Universe. They haven't been touched for, like, 20 years. So, yeah. It's just, it's, it, it, it made me really, like, it gave me kind of like a, uh, okay. That, there's something there vibe so i'm gonna jump back now to the animation stuff that's that's my big report from that okay um so yeah they had like the creators of the original cartoon and then they had the showrunner for the new one and the showrunner for the new one is from florida learn that that's pretty cool and uh he, he had a really good quote where when he was talking about like the impact of like the original series he's like it it was the only show where like it was 76 episodes where the main protagonist and the main antagonist loved each other <laughs> look no that oh that wasn't the that was the showrunner of the original one like, okay. that, that's what he's called he's like it that he's like that's what made us unique like xavier magneto loved each other they just also happened to be enemies <laughs> like i was like yeah that's a that's a really poignant poignant way of looking at it I mean, um, at this point that's how i look at it all the time right but like that it was a kid's show like nobody got away with that shit so all right so one one piece of news broke from this we got a little bit of information about what the main the animated series is going to be about mm-hmm. so like we we know that magnet like leading the, the, why does my mic keep fucking coming is there like a quality difference that you hear every now and then? Only that that one second that like you double talked, like it's it echoed. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's like anytime I move at all. Um. Anyway, so we know that Magneto's back and looks like he was leading the team in like uh, his eighties, early nineties gear yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So like the story takes place mere months after the the end of the original run. So it's like right after. Xavier is almost assassinated and flies away to space with Lalandra. And so like, apparently like the world now has, there's a general sense of empathy for mutants because of the assassination attempt. Hmm. And like the X-Men basically are like, so what do we do now? And like a few of them, like Gambit and rogue are like, maybe we might go do our own thing now. And like storm and Cyclops want to like keep the, the gang together. And that's when Mike, magneto comes about because he wants to like he wants to atone and and like live in xavier's like dream and and make up for his his badness mm-hmm. so then they're like well who's the like is there like a main bad guy or anything you can tell us but he's like he's like oh yeah mr sinister doesn't like any of this <laughs> That's mr. Right. Sin- mr sinister is gonna be the main bad guy nice so that's pretty exciting. So that's the that's the big uh, animation news, and then uh, <clears throat> then we got like teases about what's coming up here in the future. 
so the what's his name jordan white the one like the main editor of the x titles Mm -hmm. and then uh one of the i I forget her name but some another associate editor we're talking about like what's coming up and so fall of x is uh they just wanted everyone to know that it's going to be very dark and uh pretty much alluded to the end of krakoa in general uh, see how uh, we feel about that <laughs> said there is going to be major fallout from the sins of sinister across all all things that involve mutants okay we learned that what we're about to learn is the uh the sins of sinister basically lead directly into the fall of x and uh all the being sinister's fault makes sense yeah yeah there's a big tease of apocalypse returning okay and apparently apocalypse apocalypse's return i don't i don't know when and where but it will be in the x-men primarily be in the x-men red books and there will be a one shot called the herald of the apocalypse coming soon Hmm. so uh our boy our boy apocalypse coming back but they made sure to tease is he back for good reasons or bad reasons we don't know well he originally left just to be with his family right exactly so why now he's like i'm so over this right like why is he coming (laughs) back uh so uh, we also learned july the 26th is the publication date of the next hellfire gala we got the cover release which i'm sure our listeners have seen by now it looks fucking gorgeous because phil noto did it I sent you the photo that night. Yeah. Um, it is also the official kickoff of Fall of X. Something happens at the Hellfire Gala. Something it, always fucking happens. Of course. Of course. We'll but you know, it is a smart team. way. It's a smart yeah. way to do like a new season. Almost. I love it. I yeah. love it. They also acknowledge the like, we love doing, we want to do it annually, but we also, also realize that like for comic book timekeeping reasons, like if we can't have it mark a one one year in the X Men line because that does like time moves differently then you know what I mean so like yeah I was thinking like at first like isn't it too soon for another Hellfire Gala well no is it no it's been about a year I think but like I get what he's saying of like we can't solidify that time moves in real time exactly it makes no so, sense for these characters to be so like you really like in the story you have to just be like mm, let's do another gala like you can't call yeah. it the annual thing there's like oh man these mutants just keep throwing a lot of galas don't they i thought the i thought the rule of thumb is like every reel in the in the real world is like two weeks in the comic world something stupid like that probably that's how you make it make sense yeah but anyway, so July 26th, we will whatever happens there will kick off the fall of X. Um, some other things they hinted at. There's an old villain, an old villain coming back in a new way. So we got to start looking at looking out for hints of some old villain coming back. Yeah, because I feel like we've touched on a lot of them already. I know, right? And so who do they want to say? Uh, also, Orcus, as as we see here in uh this bishop book orcus is about to be quote a huge problem and getting more powerful so they've been doing that but yeah yeah and and after at the time since then like the so uh they released an up like a, a description a summary of like what the new uncanny avengers book that would that they announced as well is going to be about and they did say in that like write-up that um 
that there have been like attacks on both Krakoa and simultaneous attacks on Krakoa and the United States government. Like it made it seem like Orcus is kind of like kind of like a paramilitary type thing now or something. So the original Uncanny Avengers was really, really good. I'm pretty sure it was Rick Remander who was writing it. Um, it was it kind of ended kind of shitty because it ended with a big event and the event was not good in my yeah. opinion. Uh, Access, I think it was called. But the actual like mainline book itself was really good, and they got together because they want it was after Avengers vs X Men, and they yeah. wanted to prove that unity could happen. And that's exactly what this is about again. Like whatever happens. Yeah. So this is like, I think this book is supposed to be like part of the fall of X slash like right after, I think. Yeah. And I think it's um because yeah, whatever, whatever's happening with Orcus, it's Steve Rogers want, and the Avengers want to show solidarity with the mutants. Well, and last so- time they have a high bar. Oh, yeah, they have a high bar because the last time this happened, the main storyline opened up with um, Red Skull stealing Xavier's brain so he could have psychic powers. Well, yeah, that's a, that, that is a high bar for Jerry Duggan yeah. to, to. So the first. What's so, scarier? Unc- yeah. Uncanny Avengers is going to be the free comic book day release on May 6th. So like that's going to be. It, it, I believe that's like. Like kind of like a tease of of what's coming up because the actual uncanny avengers number one doesn't come out until august wow a big gap yeah so like so i'm not sure what that is so all right i got two other things that they or a couple other things that they hinted at here that i want to cover uh our firestar and magic are apparently going to be highlighted a lot in this upcoming year okay that's kind of fun sunspot is gonna uh be getting some good good time to shine so i imagine that's gonna oh i guess the x-men red yeah, I guess that's going to be an X-Men Red thing. And then here's some information I don't like. <laughs> so uh, Kate Pride is going to be another one with a big story this year. And it was really heavily implied that she might die. But I've noticed when they imply that, it's because it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a swerve. Like if it, they're it telling be, you this is going to happen. And that's what I'm saying. Like something's going to happen with, with Kate. And it sounds like I'm initially not going to like it. <laughs> and so I just want to brace myself for it. I can handle being swerved and, and Kate doesn't die. I can handle that. But I need to brace myself and I need to suck it up and I need to fucking read the Marauders. Well, so yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of which, have you been reading the Captain Britain book? No, that's the next thing. So I want I need I have two issues of. Oh, what the fuck was it called? Knights of X. Yes. And then the first issue of Captain Britain. Because you haven't talked about, I've been seeing online all the time that Rachel Summers and I know, I keep seeing it too. together. I know, I want to see it. I'm, I'm like, so I need context. I'm so happy so for him. I'll, I'll put this out there that you catch up on that side of stuff with like um, Knights of X and Captain Britain stuff. And I'll catch up on Sabretooth and we'll tell each other what's worth reading. Okay. I can do that. We can do um, a roundup. So I gotta read. Saber I'm gonna Tooth. read Sabretooth anyway, though, because I was really enjoying that miniseries. I was too, actually. Yes. What are are you? Oh, still... X Force. X Force Two. Are you still getting X Force? I'm not still getting it, but I was thinking literally today about ordering like the last few trades. Yeah. 
something's happening with beast right now that i think yes that's why i want to know what's happening (laughs) so all right let's 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 say can it's gonna take you more than next week to figure out what's happening with beast though yeah yeah for sure um i can i can read saber tooth though all right you read saber tooth for the next mm, there's gonna be a couple sins of sinisters book we want to cover next week yeah next episode we're gonna cover sins of sinister okay so then report in with what we're reading what else we're reading okay all right we'll do that then all right i'll catch up on Betsy and Rachel. New listeners, that's called a production meeting. Yeah, we we and we literally had a pre-production meeting. <laughs> and we did not touch that one. Anyway, that's what I that's what I learned at the X-Men 60 event. I thought it was really fun. Uh listeners who follow me on Twitter uh will know that Lady Baltimore was out of town this week for work and will once again be out of town again next week for work. Um and so, uh, yeah, I had time to kill, and fuck, I killed it by spending two hours learning shit about X Men. It was kind of fun. I liked it. It was it was a neat event. I hope they do more of them. Did you have to like pay to be in it, or no? Be, like, I mean, technically, because it's it was for subscribers of Marvel Unlimited. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, I know they did they did something similar for Spider Man a while back, but I did not actually end up going to that one. Well, for Spider-Man, I mean, there's a lot of writers you can bring in. I know. And it was also like, eh, that's fine. But with X-Men, I was like, come on, man. I do a fucking podcast for the X-Men. Of course, I got to go do this. (laughs) I pulled out my press credentials. and I. Well, speaking of X-Men books, tell us and the listeners, uh, how good is the new Gambit Rogue book? The new Gambit and Rogue book is, uh, I'm going to, it's promising is where I'm going to go with it. Okay. So the art is is decent. I don't know if it's my... I'm going to go over some of the superficial stuff real quick. The oh, art sure. is good. Uh, it's got a very, like, Joe Mads, like, 90s vibe. It, this fucking microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, It's got, like, a very early 90s vibe. The artist's name is Carlos Gomez. I like it, but sometimes it's a little much. And the... Writer is Stephanie Phillips, and uh, Stephanie writes. I don't know if they're still writing the Harlequin book, but that is a name I think I remember from a recent run on Harley Quinn. Okay, so that's where that's where we know these, or the, that's where I know that name from at least. So, <clears throat> in in Rogan Gambit, we open with Gambit in New Orleans because, of course, and wouldn't you know it, he's in a drunken fight with the fucking thieves guild or. The Thief Skilled or whatever the fuck he called them. Oh, <laughs> his bad fucking accent. So he's getting his ass whooped by these thieves ninjas. When, of course, his girl Rogue has to come fucking kick ass and beat everybody up. And then she lectures him for being drunk. And he was like, I was waiting for you. And she was like, what are you talking? And then, then we open with him almost puking on, on Rogue as there as he's drunk. Uh, so we get a cute little open of them fighting off the thieves guild and clearly on some kind of rendezvous in New Orleans. Um, the rest of the, the, we cut in our story to lady Deathstrike being transported through upstate New York in some kind of, uh, armored vehicle. Wasn't she like just rescued in the X-Men book? Yes. Uh, something clearly has oh, she happened. Left. In a- she, she left cause she didn't take the offer. Yes. Yeah. And so now she is being uh 
I don't know what's happening, but she's under arrest from some some paramilitary police looking force. I don't know if they're legit or not. Uh, I don't have time to find out because they are attacked. Uh, and so, and somebody basically electrocutes everything. We don't know who it is right now. And uh, they say, we've been looking for you, Deathstrike. It seems you're very in demand. And so uh, we get a cute little data page of uh, a little chat called Cajun Spice, which seems to be the chat name that uh, Gambit has given his chat with Rogue. And it's a little <laughs> it's a little text back and forth about them meeting up later. And that's how we're like he that's how we come to find that he was waiting for her and he got tired of waiting. And he got drunk and he and then she's like, you ended up in a fight with the thieves guild. He's like, ah, stop yada, yada, yada. you know how these things happen. And as they're arguing who should burst into their motel room, but destiny. And destiny is here to once again, say that she disapproves of Gambit and being with her daughter rogue and that she needs rogue. She needs Rogue to trust her and she needs her to do a mission for her. And they're like, trust you? How the fuck can we trust you? <laughs> like, what do you you gotta give us something. What vision have you seen? What are you what? What are you going? She's like, No, I there's no time. You need to do this thing without asking me questions. And that thing is, I need you to bring manifold to me. You remember the guy from who now is an Avenger, apparently. I don't remember that really happening, but that sounds he really was cool. an Avenger during Hickman's run. Well, he's an Avenger again, so maybe we're maybe that's where we're at right now. I don't know. Krakoa I mean, is clearly a thing. Shorthand, like you know, when they go like, "Oh, he's an Avenger, but he hasn't been an Avenger book." And like, no, no, he's in a defunct Stark laboratory. When we come to him, he's oh, he's okay. He's on the Avengers right now. All right. So, I think he might be with the Avengers. But anyway, he's working on a thing be of his, he's trying to figure out who's been kidnapping these villains. We learned that Electro has been kidnapped, uh, Lady Deathstrike, and a couple of people I don't reckon I, I recognize but can't remember their names. One might be Abomination. I can't tell. Uh, he's trying to figure out who did it, um, and so they come up with a a compromise. Rogue and Gambit will help him solve this mystery if he will then go willingly with them to see destiny and he said you know what motherfuckers you got yourselves a deal <laughs> let's go figure this out and so they got intel that do you remember the ambassador the guy the ambassador the united kingdom ambassador who was part of that anti-mutant cult yeah yeah he is he is flying into las vegas and the belief is to do something with Deathstrike, that he is either there to purchase Deathstrike or he is somehow involved in this. And so his plane lands on this fucking tarmac in the middle of the desert. It's a shady fucking deal you've seen in a bajillion action movies. Deathstrike has a hood over her head, all that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? When when the the controls for Deathstrike's fucking collar thingy are be about to be handed over what should fly in oh that's right baby that's a charged up fucking playing <laughs> card knocking it right out of somebody's hand boom big action scene of manifold bringing gambit and rogan himself into the battle they quickly beat the fuck out of some folk uh the ambassador gets back on the uh gets back on the plane um 
they're about to be overwhelmed by oh there's a mutant they find out oh that's right they have a mutant depowering thing okay and so before um which honestly has become so common it's like kryptonite in dc it's like yeah i got one right here exactly so they have mutant depowering things and so before everyone can die manifold uses his the last of his powers to push gambit and rogue away and then he is left stuck on the tarmac and they're putting a a little collar thing on like a little tracking control device on him yeah and so now his now we are led to believe that he has now been kidnapped by this group that is kidnapping these people to steal the powers of them like that's where that electricity came from because they had electro power they are building like weapons out of these people's powers and shit okay they're taking their like mutant and superpowers and literally putting them into weapons i feel like i've seen that before Oh yeah, one fucking million times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> three stars. The art was cool. The storytelling was intriguing. It was Rogue and Gambit. It wasn't quite as quippy and and like it wasn't as funny as you would want a Gambit and a Rogue and Gambit book to be. You know what I mean? Mm. But it was it was fun, which is what you want. It was actiony, which is what you want in a book featuring those two. So. Three stars, and I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep at it, and I, I I have hopes for it. All right, all right. So next up, we're gonna cover Bishop War College number one. Now, funny enough, I don't know why, but I thought this was gonna be a one shot. I do too, uh, but I have issue two already in my pull list. Apparently, I didn't. Yeah, think my books I thought one. it was when I. I thought it was like set in like an alternate u- universe or like. In Bishop's original, like I didn't realize it was Krakoa era. I thought it was Krakoa era because of his clothes, but I didn't mm-hmm. know anything else. Because, yeah. and we'll get more into detail at the end of the book, but I didn't catch right away that everyone on the cover is black. <laughs> it took me a second to realize that. Like when I saw the ad originally, I never realized that. I didn't realize yeah. it until I yeah. got this issue where I'm like, that's weird. And then I kind of thought what you were thinking about alternate universe. So we'll get to my opinions about that soon. But first off, we start off with um, Danny Moonstar asking Ileana Rasputin magic. If you don't know, um, Hey, just so you know, I'm not fully on board with Bishop running this group because he gets a little intense. I'm not trying to make it sound like you guys know what you're doing. And I get that he's a captain commander, but He's a bit intense. And then, of course, we cut to Bishop yelling again, again, putting these young mutants through a lot of trials. People like Armor, who I guess the most popular one in this group is Armor. Yeah. Um, Armor, Surge, and the other characters I don't really know. Man, um, I had seen, I legitimately haven't seen Surge since the early 2000s when she was like in the <laughs> reboot of some new mutants book. We also have Cam Long. We have Amass. And Aura? Yes. Um, we learn later that Amass is from the Marauders book of ancient mutants. So I guess they uncovered those ancient mutants in that book. I'm gonna guess, yeah, that was the yeah. uh that was the big old reveal from <laughs> So that's from a the thing. Uh, Shiar secrets. So basically Bishop has been kind of pushing these kids to keep going, keep going, keep going. And Surge kind of makes a good point of like None of us are new to this. Like, 
yeah, we're younger than you, but we've already defended ourselves many times. Like for me personally, reading armor, having to be in a group like this, armor has already like saved the mutants before. I know (laughs) it was honestly, it was a little armor is so much closer to being the leader of an X-Men team. Yeah. Than she is to this. And it was honestly like, I I did not care for that. I felt it was disrespectful. Yeah. This should be the advanced class. Like, not just rookies who need to learn how to work together. She already knows that shit. Yeah, if, if you're going to have armor here, then you need other, like, yeah, non like, This should have been the group of kids in New Mutants. Like, yeah. the new kids. Like, mm-hmm. that would make sense for that group, or just any other new characters. But either way, I'm sure they just wanted characters, they, the editors wanted characters, people know that they know. But so, also that weren't being used anywhere. Basically. So... All of those kids basically like, fuck this, we're out of here. And Moonstar pops up and she's like, Hey, listen, you need to work, you need to work better with these kids. Like, this is still training. And he flips out at her, but then she's like, You gotta stop being a bully. And he goes, I'm a bully? Like, oh my god, it was <laughs> like, so funny. Blink of an eye, just switch of like, I'm a bully though. Well, he's like, Yeah. Literally, he's like, I'm not really a bully, am I? <laughs> like, like it was such a abrupt turn that i'm like okay he really seems to care and then he like just sits on the beach like reflecting like oh i guess i'm i, I thought it was I, like it was a, it was a little much like you can tell that this is like a okay this is not you know no offense to the right like this is probably like a person like getting there like starting to move their way up in the x world you know what i mean i have opinions about the writer because i had to look them up for certain reasons so we'll get to that though. Oh, okay. Well, before I don't want to say too much then, but I will say, though it wasn't the best, <laughs> we didn't take the best way to it. I I liked what it was showing though. Like a Bishop is a good guy. He, he's like, a good guy he, who's been through a lot of shit. Yes, basically, and we go over that a little bit. So now all of a sudden we have the Ron Strucker kids, Jesus um, God. the children of Baron Von Strucker, classic Hydra villain. Um, and I and always mutants. forget they're mutants. Yeah, they're <laughs> they mutants. are technically mutants, and we find out they're working with Orcus, and they um, we will. Yeah, we, I well, they mentioned in the first page, don't they? They did, but yeah. like the, yeah. I, it was we knew that already. I completely forgot, honestly. When they said, it, I was like, oh fuck, that's right. Remember, like I think it was like the X Men Red Book or one of those yeah galactic ones. Well, the last time we saw them, they were working with them. Yeah, yeah. So then we cut to a. Uh, I'm already forgetting who's who from the characters. Let me get yeah, that chart out. I don't really. I, uh, uh, Aura, Aura and the winged one. Yeah, Aura and Cam. Yeah, basically saying like we can get through this together. It's okay. Like yeah, he's an asshole, but like we can do this. They kiss and say like we're fighting for our future, for ourselves and our home. It's like we have a reason to do this. Very, then we cut to very armor X Men stuff. Very good. Yeah, yeah, and basically we have scenes of armor and a mask doing a similar thing talking about how we're going to handle this and then we have bishop talking to tempo and trying to convince her of something that we don't fully understand yet hey buddy they ain't just talking now they have a little little flirty they having themselves a little flirt um i did like this letter from the quiet council basically reminding bishop like it was it was from the quiet council and the war captains yes <laughs> um, because previously, uh, Moonstar said she already talked to the war captains, and yeah. Bishop's like, 
are you fucking serious? Like, that's you went what over set him off. Head. That's what set him off. He's like, yeah, which is honestly fair. Like, it's not you broke chain of command, motherfucker. Yeah, like you're making my job look fucking stupid. Then, if someone like you can just kind of go over my head. So, basically, Quiet Council is like, we approve of this, man. Do your thing. Like, they need to train, but also remember, this is training. Like, this isn't war. It's a college. We want them to learn. And I'm like, you know what? You just made this book make a little more sense of a war college. Like the college part, you know, don't just be a drill sergeant, be a teacher. Like, I like that little line. Yeah. So like that kind of puts it in a better perspective for someone like Bishop, who's now just having nightmares about his past and seeing all his different clothing choices throughout the years (laughs) Yeah, yeah. in the nineties and early two thousands and seeing skulls and he has PTSD that has not been addressed. Heaven and Cable have as, a lot of... <laughs> as do all X-Men, but yes. Yes, especially ones that grew up in this crazy future, you know. So now the team is there. Basically, they think they have one more day left of training anyway. So we're all here. Let's just do it. We forgive you for being a bit of an asshole. What's the next job? So we find out that not only was Bishop's job to train these kids, but also to see if there's any weaknesses on Krakoa. So he says, hey, I found a weakness already, and we're going to go fight in it. So we're going to go down there. They go into this pit, and Wrong Slide pops up and attacks them. And like, no fares, came out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, well, you're going to get used to it because Tempo is here to mess with time so we can have time to keep doing this drill a lot longer than a day, which is like, okay. Bishop, they did tell you one day, though. (laughs) Like... Just because you found a technicality <laughs> doesn't mean it's okay. So as they're training, um, a big drill pops up with like this green goop that sprays everywhere. And apparently it's from Otherworld and it can take your powers away. And it's the Von Strucker twins and Orcus breaking through this weakness on Krakoa. And I'm like, yeah, you probably should have fucking reported the weakness when you found it, right? <laughs> Like, that would have been a good thing for the war captain to do. <laughs> so uh, bad, bad on you for that one. And then I'm a little confused what they were doing. I don't remember what the Von Strucker twins powers actually are, but they shot a beam at Tempo and then Tempo grabbed Bishop and they got sucked into this whirlwind while the rest of the students who also now have no powers are running away. And then we cut to Bishop waking up, sees a sign for the X-Mansion, and then sees a black Jean and Cyclops. And we end there. Okay. Based off just this first issue, I think three X's is fine. Like, it's fine. It has a story. It's going somewhere. That's fine. When I saw the black X-Men, as I saw on the cover... As a black man, I was like, what are we doing? So I immediately wanted to see if the writer is black. If Jay um, Holtum, I think his name is, Mm -hmm. um, if he's black, and he is. And his writing credits include, he wrote for Supergirl, Jessica Jones, Handmaid's Tale. So very female-centric stories, which is nice. Um Oh, he's currently writing for the show The Swarm, which I do want to watch right now. Um, 
a swarm. It's like a weird psychological thing about worshiping celebrities. Hmm. And it's like a black drama. Um, oh no, it's just an ad. He didn't write for it. Good. Now I'm more excited. So um, he also wrote for Cloak and Dagger. So he's written for superhero material on TV. Okay. Here's my problem. Um, Cloak and Dagger, Supergirl, and Jessica Jones after the first season are all, in my opinion, very mediocre shows. <laughs> and shows that I don't hate, but I don't love, and I usually mm-hmm. drop them eventually. And seeing a book where a plot point is it's these characters you know but they're black has never been a thing for me yeah like it's never been it never that never felt like representation for me it always felt like a gimmick mm-hmm. so I'm like with you on that. compared to seeing like i'd rather see a static shock than see a black version of whatever character yeah. you know <clears throat> so and again it always depends on how it's done and why it's done like People always go, oh, it's a black Superman. Well, no, he's Val Zod. He's a different son from a different universe. He has his own story. He's not just Clark, but black, you know? Yeah. So I'm curious what this is, but I'm more curious about why it is. Like, what did this writer pitch to the editor saying? I got this amazing idea. Bishop goes to a world where everyone's black. And it's just like, oh, okay. Why? So I'm I'm kind of just hesitant, you know. Like, I it, feel you. It's it's weird. Like, there's a universe in the DC universe that's basically, essentially, everyone who's white is black in that universe. Where it's where you get President Superman. He's from that particular universe, mm. and I like the character of Calvin Harris because, yeah, he's black Superman, but he's a different character. He's a different person. He's not just Clark again, like I said before. So like. If there's a reason for this, I'm interested to see what that is. But if it's just that's the same Scott Summers, he just has curly hair. Uh, I don't know. Not feeling it. And then, like, that's Gene with straightened curly hair. Really? Yeah. I'm hesitant. I'm just hesitant right now. I want to like it, but I'm hesitant. But I don't hate it. Yet. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what more can I? There's nothing more for my white ass that. <laughs> what What do you think of the book in th- itself? <laughs> um, it was okay. I'm with you. Three three X's. Um, it it definitely seems like something that's either going to be really interesting or <laughs> um pretty stupid. Yeah, or cringy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> cringy. That's it. Yeah. So I'm waiting to see where they go with this because, like, yeah, like I said, it's just it's either going to be a gimmick or you have a cool idea and a cool spin of why you're doing it. And maybe if this is a reflection for Bishop to learn something from this universe, except Bishop never as a character never seemed to feel segregated because of his race. He felt segregated because of his traumatic future slash past. So, like, race never seemed like an issue for Bishop because he had bigger concerns his whole life. Yeah, and and he wasn't traditionally written by a lot of black authors either. Exactly. So, So like, again, like, that's what I don't know. I'm trying to think of, because now it's top of my head. Is there any, give me a prominent black mutant. Bishop. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So... (laughs) 
I know that I I know right? your po- your point is well taken. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> so it's it's hard for me to compare it to someone else. Like Sync is only getting like oh well we have Storm, but again even oh, Storm, fuck. Jesus right? Yeah. yeah, but like that's two. That is that is two. Yes, two. <laughs> what? Yes, yeah, Storm is the pinnacle of mutants to the yes. point where like we didn't even think about her race because she's Storm. <laughs> That is also extremely true, but also... But she's sto- She's black. She's a black. I'm not trying yeah. to be like, oh, she's no, 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 above no. race. No, she's a black no. woman. She's African heritage. She's... Yeah. The, she's, she was a queen of Storm. Wakanda for a little bit. She's yeah. the queen of all comics. Yeah. Storm is the queen. But I'm trying to think of a black character where, like, I dealt with racism, and now here I have to deal with being a mutant. But, like, Bishop and Storm never seemingly dealt with racism. It was never an issue. They're too busy dealing with anti-mutantism being the yeah. allegory for that. So, like, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm reserving judgment until the next issue where I can heavily judge. That's fair. That's fair. Also, um, side note: if you're gonna be a black cyclops, get a better tape job. All right, we have some pride going on. <laughs> a cleaner tape job. <laughs> That's hey man. That's between you and. Black Cyclops. In the community. <laughs> That's pretty new Cyclops, man. So next up, we're going to be covering the beginning of season two of X-Men the Animated Series, Till Death Do Us Part, part one and two. Part one and two. And I, these are literally just one story. So like, I honestly don't remember where one and two end and, and stop. So like. I'll cut you before you get to stuff. Basically, number two. Part two opens up when they realize someone's fucking with them. Okay. Yeah. So try and go from there. All right. So our story opens. Uh, we we ended last year with this. Gene, will you marry me and have kids with me despite the fact that they will be hunted and murdered? Yeah, sure. As we just saw in our dystopian future. Yeah, yeah, sure. I guess. Fine. But uh, also don't sign a marriage contract because not necessary. That's true. Don't do that. That's yeah. that's not you don't need to do that. So yeah, we open at their wedding. That is very suspicious to begin with, like you said. No, 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 there's no need to sign any paperwork. Uh they they have a wedding. Um it's gorgeous. Everyone has a good time. Um Beast catches the uh <laughs> the bouquet unbeknownst to himself. He's just walking through, he catches it. Oh, Beast, what a fun guy. Um and so the happy couple uh, fly off to their honeymoon and the priest who marries them kind of uh, slithers away. <laughs> Thank you. Slithers away. And we, and we discover that that is none other than our dear, dearly departed friend Morph, who's all like morphine circles around his eyes <laughs> he looks like he's been on heroin for the past three years yeah basically he's been a junkie for a little bit the fucking junkie morph shows up and um he's determined to get revenge on these on these x-men they left him they left him to die how could they leave him to die um so yeah gene and scott they take off they're on their honeymoon now everyone's back at the mansion uh where was wolverine during the wedding Wolverine, thank you. Wolverine, um, he had he had some stuff to work out, so he got dressed. He planned to go. Yeah, but while he was in his tux, he was like, uh, "Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop into the danger room real quick." And um, I'm just gonna run the most elaborate simulation. Uh, with 
like technology that is both physical and then disappears because it's a hologram. I have no idea how the danger room works. Oh, like, no, no, not at all. They're holograms, but they're at the same time, they're real physical things. Like they're I, real I, robots sometimes, and sometimes they're holograms. Yeah. It is it's it it boggles it them. It has up. a kill setting for some reason. It has a kill setting. Yeah. Who who amongst us? Um and so he's <laughs> who like, doesn't have a kill setting? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the time is right. And so he, he's like, ah, I'm just gonna stop into I'm gonna stop in the rec room. I'm gonna I'm gonna work out a little bit, but I'm gonna set my workout to Gene and Scott get married and I try to murder Gene and Scott. <laughs> like this solidifies what I've been saying of like he's a terrible piece of shit. He's and awful. like as an adult watching the show, he's the worst member of the team. 100%. And like I have okay, as a child, my favorite X-Men were Rogan Gambit. <laughs> like they were my favorite X-Men on this cartoon. Um I did not like Wolverine in this yeah. cartoon. I did not like him as a kid. You saw his do- problematic nature, right? I there. did, but <laughs> saw right past Remy's problematic nature. But I will say, he has a redeeming quality defense, in episode two. <laughs> wait for wait for it because Remy he clears he really his does. name. He clears his good name. He really does. I liked it. that scene a lot actually in episode two. It was such a good line. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. Especially because he's a fucking thief. So the line is okay. So I'm just gonna skip ahead. It's the fucking animated show. We don't need to go beat by beat. Wolverine yeah. attacked a bunch of shit that looked like Cyclops, got his own shit blown up, was damn sure. near damn near killed himself in the in the um danger room, missed the entire wedding. Before Jean flew away, she stopped in to take a look at what do you why'd you miss my wedding? Oh, sorry, I got distracted. She's like, yeah, you're a piece of shit. She walks away. Well, no, like, she keeps just using his behavior. While Cyclops seemingly doesn't know about any of this, she is not talking to Cyclops about Wolverine's behavior at all, which is no. a much bigger problem than I ask. It, it's all problematic. It's like all problematic. I want to get a flashback where those two fucked beforehand, and like she's not talking about it because that <laughs> it wouldn't justify, but it would help make sense. Because right now it's just like Wolverine is weirdly obsessed with you. Yeah. And you every now and then pop around and be like, Wolverine, why are you being like this? Like, like consistently. Yeah. Like there had to have been something had to have happened between you where he took she gave it him as like, like a telekinetic hand job or something. Something. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Something I don't that know. fucked with his emotions where he's being like a teenager, even though he's like a hundred and change. A hundred and two years old. <laughs> and so. All right, so where I was where I was going with this, I was going to quickly lead up to something, but like where so there Scott and Gene are gone. Xavier gets a weird call from Magneto. <laughs> uh, Magneto with the green screen. <laughs> Magneto who's standing like on a staticky screen with flames behind him telling Charles, "You have to come to these coordinates. It's life or death." He's like Eric, these are uh, these are Antarctica. He's like, I know. Come to me, help! <laughs> I like Xavier just being like, Eric, Eric, I I would totally come help you, but like, nigga, that's Antarctica. Like, <laughs> but he does. He gets on his. He, he tells does. the team, I gotta go. Uh, my the love of my life needs help, and I have to go. <laughs> and so he leaves on his little jet plane. And so now the X-Men are all by themselves with no good leader except Storm. And 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 in the animated world, apparently she's not a good leader at all yet. Um 
And so Morph sneaks into the to the mansion and basically starts impersonating other X-Men to fuck with the other X-Men. So he yes. impersonates Storm to tell Jubilee she's got a big mission for her and that she has to go fucking to this address. There's some wayward mutants there that need help. But really, it turns out it's the home base of the anti-mutant group, the Friends um, of Humanity. Friends of Humanity. I love everything about the Friends of Humanity. Because, and I want to say, so the yeah. Friends of Humanity are basically the Proud Boys. They really are. That's why I love it. Like This um, would be called Woke and be canceled by right-wing media. <laughs> dude, I wrote in my notes. I don't even have to look right now. I can tell you. I wrote in my notes. This was made in 1992. Yeah. All right. Like everyone needs to shut the fuck up about woo. Like when I was a kid, you you could motherfucker. This was on when you were a kid. Yeah. Like what the fuck? (laughs) Insane. I loved it. They were basically the proud boys. And they were clearly the bad guys. Yes. If this got made now, they would be like, that's unfair. They're showing a very unfair portrayal of, of Nazis. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's yeah. bo- it's insane anyway so yeah the friends of humanity are out there doing a lot of fucking mutant terrorism trying to everyone likes the mutants right now because the president told them to so they are basically trying to make it they're setting mutants up to look like the bad guys and by doing honestly, oh, go ahead. by doing terrorism and then blaming the mutants for it Honestly, um, Morph's plan is pretty good. Like he's getting most of them in these, like oh. a little more refined. It's a pretty good plan the way yeah. he's doing it. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah he gets Jubilee to go get kidnapped by these anti mutant people. Um, he gets Storm and Rogue to. Oh, they got. They're gonna go try to save. Yeah, the Friends of Humanity are doing some kind of thing that they're going to go try to stop. Yeah. And they, they're they like, oh, we got to get... Oh, no, that's right. He impersonated It was Beast. fake Rogue. Huh? It was, was it a fake Rogue? No, no, this is the real Rogue in Storm. He impersonates Beast. Yes. To say, hey, there's something happening. Go, I'll meet you there. But you know it's it's beast. He's not it's he's not he he's not gonna meet him there. It's a setup. And then yeah, then he pretends to be rogue to tell Jubilee to scram so he can flirt with Gambit and tell Gambit that um come hey come let's you know what I can actually yeah, control she my she randomly says like what if I've been lying about not being able to touch people come find out yeah and he's she's like come find me in the the rec room in like five minutes or whatever because he had just overheard Rogue telling Jubil uh somebody that she was gonna go take a nap and so Gambit leaves he goes and finds Rogue sleeping where she said she was gonna have a nap and he's like, oh, you must uh, be waiting for a kiss for us. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, waiting for a kiss. And so, and so he kisses her and uh, he falls into a coma and she all of a sudden has Gambit's powers. And she's like, what are you thinking, you swamp rat? <laughs> and, fucking, um, and yeah, what? so there, who else does he, he tricks? Oh, he, oh, he turns, Beast is in the danger room and he makes, he sets Beast settings to kill, like you mentioned. Yeah. So Beast is almost murdered. Um, 
and so yeah that's when they start to yeah i guess ro yeah that's yeah ro goes to find storm they that's how the beast thing could happen was there something he did to wolverine or no no wolverine comes back wolverine was moping yeah and he comes back and that's when like oh because professor he then he impersonates professor x to come in that's the second episode yeah oh this is okay uh, so your point before you were going to talk about, uh, we'll skip to that part of the reaction. Okay. Uh, so that's what, okay. Let me just skip to that. And then you take yeah. over from here. All right. So when Gambit comes to after going into a coma <laughs> and every, they all start figuring out what is going on. There seems to be a lot of miscommunication. Gambit's like, you told me I could come kiss you. I would never say that. And she's like, you kissed me. Gambit says, I would never Gambit would never go where he's not invited. The sincerity. The, the way sincerity. he fucking but, says it. But again, he's a thief. What is this? His entire career is going where he's not invited. Yeah, of course. But it's his way of saying, I respect the ladies. It's his way of saying, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I might fucking be like flirting with you over and over and over again, but I'm not going to fucking rape you. Yeah. Which is a little reassuring, you know? So yeah. episode two starts off with everyone trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. So Wolverine ends up saving Jubilee from the Friends of Humanity in a really badass way. How he like slides down the their flag, cutting it in half. It was really cool. Like, also, by the way, the animation is noticeably better. It's, oh, it's way better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Way less blocky, more fluid, you know, really nice. So we opened up actually with Gene and Scott going on their little honeymoon. They're on a boat. They're going to have a good time. It made me think of like when Scott and Madeline Pryor went on their boat trip. Oh, 100%. Right. That's what it was. Yes. <laughs> so they're on the boat and they're, they see a guy in a big uh, purple jacket and white hair. And he's for some reason, basically Banshee. And I thought it was going to be a whirlwind for some reason, but no, it's a Banshee-esque person. Um, they land on shore. They don't know what the fuck's going on. They're attacked by not Banshee, by this ape man. Like I was wondering yeah. if they're trying to make him man, like man. No, ape these are real, real characters. Character. These are sorry. Real these characters? are real characters. That's so. The Banshee guy is Ruckus. The ape guy is Hairbag. Hair, yeah, because he said he called him a hairball. Yeah, and he's like, how do you, you know my name? Me? They, no, those are those are people. Uh, those are Mister Sinister. Like, is Hairbag who? supposed to be French or African? I'll look that. I, that I don't know. I just know they're real people. All right, and who's the stretchy guy? The Play-Doh dude. Um. Oh God, what is his? So his that character design I like the most, and I for some reason I actually remember that design the most because like he's vaguely like Sinister. Where he slab? Can, like, sh- I think that's slab. slab. Uh, he like stretches his body yeah. and can wrap around you and stuff. So they capture, they put these mutant restraints on Gene and Cyclops and Mr. Sinister takes them away. Cut back to the mansion. Everyone's yelling at everyone. Everyone's realizing something's not making sense. And they were tricked to go to all these different places. Um, Storm is still in a coma basically, but she'll wake up soon. And then Xavier, and if it wasn't, if it wasn't for Wolverine, they will all been screwed and still kept doing stupid shit because Xavier's now giving them new orders and saying there's like someone messing with their minds. And then Wolverine runs in and he's like, mm, this smells like morph. <laughs> Something's going on. You smell like morph. And he's like, oh, his brain's confused. And thank God for Gambit 
where he's like, I got an answer. Let me just throw an exploding card. No, that's guy. not what happened. Here's what happened. Hmm. When they like there was a scuffle and yeah. Morph as Professor X said, destroy him or like he said, like destroy him or like he said something like eliminate him. And Gambit yeah. was like, I've never heard the professor say that before. Yeah, and that's when he was like, hold on a second. And that's when he threw the card. Let's see if this son of a bitch can walk. <laughs> um, I want him to yell, it's a miracle. Like when, when yeah. he stood up and it wasn't even going to explode. Somehow he can make a fake one, I guess. He can just heat it up lightly, I guess. Yeah, just do a little light. Yeah. So, um, not going to say his name, Morph. Morph escapes. Now they know something's going on. Uh, while he's escaping, they do the classic. Well, there's two of me. You got to hit one of us to Jubilee because he copied um, Wolverine. Yeah. And she's basically like, yeah, I can shoot you because you're going to heal if I shoot the right one. Right. So we cut back to Sinister's lair, which is like the most. I don't know how to explain it. Like. Not not um neon flux, Eon flux, but like just weird everything's like a mixture of mechanical and organic but like that's not his power it's like it's like pre-krakoa krakoa yeah yeah you're right it is kind of like that like he has his weird things and like i love the version of sinister we have right now oh my god but something about this version is so fucking stupid weird he has the weird echoey voice he mm-hmm. has the sharp teeth he like summoned this weird squid plant squid thing from the ground. <laughs> like lots of weird shit. Vague. If you want vague powers, you got vague powers from this sinister. Like, well, we because he has all power. the powers because he all he does is keep injecting different genes into him. But like they don't explain that. So like it's just vague. So now Morph comes back. We know that Morph's been kind of manipulated by Sinister. Um, every time he kind of gets his bearings back, Sinister fucks with his brain again. Morph gets back to Sinister's lair, and he's like, to Gene and Scott, you motherfuckers left me. Like, I'm getting payback because you left me. The rest of the gang gets there on the Blackbird, and we see a little more of what Sinister did to Morph, and then we get the rest of the gang ready to fight on, I guess, this is a Savage Land, right? Or just mm, an island? Just an island. So the rest of the gang is fighting, what did you call them? Nasty Boys. Nasty, that, that's what they're called? The Nasty Boys? The Nasty Boys, yep. Ridiculous. <laughs> right? yep. So they're having a whole big fight with- The 90s, baby. Yeah, the 90s. There's two moments in this fight that I really like. There's a part where um, Slab grabs Gambit by the arms and looks like he's going to tear his oh, arms. Oh, shit, no, that's Gorgeous George. That's Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he's going to rip his arms off. Yeah. And then Rogue hits him with the palm tree. And then he just wraps around the palm tree and wraps around Rogue. And then Rogue spins in the air like a tornado and throws him off. And I'm like, you know what? That's pretty fucking cool, actually. Like, that's the kind of ridiculous shit that, like, I would like in the 90s. Yeah. So eventually Morph kind of gets his bearings back and helps Scott and Gene break free. Well, really, Scott with the might of pure just focus dude breaks metal what chains. the shit <laughs> scott is got super strength now because not key. only does he rip his arm out of the latch uh, yeah. but he breaks the collar off of his own neck this all checks out yeah 
So that happened. Um, and then to me, even weirder, it's probably why I like this character so much. He shoots Sinister and he's so pissed off, but like he'll start a speech and then end it in the flattest way. Like, you think it's okay to mess with mutants? Well, you know what? N- not me and my friends. <laughs> like, like, oh, you were really gearing up there. <laughs> and then you kind of went back down. <laughs> not my family. Yeah, like, oh, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get what you're going for. I get it. Yeah, cool. Um, And then he started just just peppering Sinister with, with laser blast. Like, to the point of, like, oh, you didn't know you couldn't kill him. Like you blew a hole through his back. Yeah. <laughs> like you did not know his body will regenerate. And no. like the way he was regenerating was really weird because like Sinister looked surprised because like yeah. his body was like gooping. Yeah. It was like and, green like, and f- like weird. a green acidy goop. Yeah, thing acidy. That That's what weird. it was like. Yeah, yeah. And then like it would heal and then happen again. And then like Cyclops, I started laughing because like he just started hitting him in the back over and over again. As he was running away. away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. Um, so then eventually Morph is uh steals a plane and leaves, and Wolverine's like, I'm not gonna leave Morph again, I'm not gonna let him be alone again. And the rest of the X-Men are like, Man, fuck him. We don't know what's going on yet. So let's just like regroup. And of course, Wolverine being the team player he is, is like, no, let me go figure this out myself and figure out what's wrong with Morph, because he's the only one who ever knew how to make me laugh. I know. Beast is standing right there. Beast's like, I can be funny. I can be funny sometimes. Fuck you. Um, so the episode ends with Xavier making it to Magneto and he's like, motherfucker, why'd you call me here? And he's like, motherfucker, you called me here. And they're like, it's a trap. And then like an avalanche happens. And that's how we end. Yeah. And now we're going to the savage land. You know what? This was pretty good for a two-parter. Four X's. Yeah. I I liked it. I I give it. It um, was crazy. It was insane. Yeah. Whatevs. It's X-Men. It's 90s X-Men. Like, like, like the books we just talked about today aren't crazy insane. You know what I mean? That's yeah. The fucking X Men. They're all crazy and insane. I give this, um, I give this four dissolving Mr. Sinisters. Oh yeah, that's what we do. Um, that's right. <laughs> that's my gimmick. I give um, it. I give it four. Gambit not going where he's not invited. <laughs> <laughs> four comatose gambits. <laughs> I give it four comatose gambits. Perfect. Perfect. That's the one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I actually really enjoyed this. I thought like this was better than most of season one because it felt like now they know their flow and they know yeah. where they're going and they know what they're doing. This felt like a confident season opener. Yeah. In all like, in all the aspects. So it's good. So yeah. next up is a little preview. We are going to cover Sins of Sinister. Um, I believe yeah, right now I have the tie-in books or parts, whatever, whatever. But I don't know when issue two of Sins comes out or if it already did. All right, yeah. So we have from the Sins of Sinister. So where are we? Let me let me look here in the back of our handy dandy book. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. Okay. Uh Nightcrawlers 2 and Immoral X-Men 2 are the ones that are out right now. They come out on the 8th and 15th. And then on the 22nd, which is this Wednesday, Storm and the Brotherhood comes out. Okay. So Depending on when we record, we might be able to do all three of them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But anyway, we'll be doing some sort of sinister catch up as well as we'll be covering um, 
two episodes of the anime and series, but as a little preview, in the next four, just the next four episodes of X-Men the anime and series, we got Shadow King, we got Omega Red, we have Alpha Flight, and we have Gambit's Origin. Wow. Just in these next four episodes. Wow. We go right, we go balls to the wall. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun ride. Season two looks very sporadic <laughs> storytelling. I guess we'll find out, won't we? We will find out. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Josh, where can they find you? Well, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Krakoa Radio. That's right, baby. I've changed my handle on Twitter to at oh. Krakoa Radio. Nice. Don't know why I didn't do that before, but I did it now. So that's where you can go to find me. Nick, what about you? They can find me at Madman3005. Ask me all your uh, X-Men, pro wrestling, random Japanese shows, and lately Star Trek questions. Um, Star Trek Picard, really good so far. You can, if you go on at Krakoa Radio, you can ask me questions about X-Men. You can ask me questions about anything. If I don't know the answer, I'll tell you, man, I don't know. (laughs) So anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you x <laughs>